0: You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And as always, Real Men Feel is brought to you by The Good Men Project. For more of the conversations most men aren't having, but they really all should be, check out goodmenproject.com and keep listening to Real Men Feel, past, present, and future shows. Uh, Today, really excited to have uh, a guest joining us live from the UK, is leadership, communications consultant... I butchered that. He's a leadership <laughs> and communications consultant. I could use some of that. It seems. <laughs> leadership and communications consultant, author, teacher, mental health advocate, and father, Darren Horn. Hello. It's
1: great to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We're really uh, glad you can make it. And you know, when, when I first um, – we connected online and talked about being on the show, and you really had a, a story that, that I was not familiar with at all, and it, it's about postnatal depression – for, for men, yeah, um, because I, you know, I've heard of and here, I don't know, is, is postpartum and postnatal depression the same thing?
1: I think so. Um, I, I've, been, I've been on podcasts before and we've had with Americans and we've had the same conversation, but yeah, yeah my doctor said it was postnatal depression, so yeah. I just go
0: with that, okay? Yeah, so it could just be a US UK tweak totally. on how we'd like to call it or whoever, maybe a yeah. maybe a, a US guy claims to have discovered it. All <laughs> it <laughs> Certainly. But but again, I have certainly have heard of it, um, but I had not heard of it for, for men. So yeah. so tell me about your experience with that.
1: Um, well, I, I yeah you know, I was in a very happy relationship. We did you know um, we got married. We we decided to have children. Um, my wife said uh, because it wasn't on our radar. Suddenly like a foghorn was going off in her head, and she was just like. I need to have a baby. I don't know what's going on, but I need to have a baby. I was like, okay, we'll give me six months to get my head around it. And I started to filter in, because when you haven't got kids, you only notice them when they're annoying, like (laughs) making noise in a restaurant or whatever. It's like, they're not cute. So I started to filter in my cute parents with their kid, or the kids being well behaved. I said, yeah, I can probably deal with that. And so we got pregnant very quickly. And then Evie was born, all planned. We were doing fine financially and everything. And then she was born. And then, it wasn't what I thought it was. And and I genuinely thought every father was like, oh, it's the best experience, you must be so happy. I thought they were spouting propaganda because they would messed up their lives and they were only gonna get joy by dragging more men into that new hell. And there was, I mean, uh, there's whole elements. I mean, um, I think my wife had to stay in hospital overnight for the first night and I kind of, I I just went home. I was like, cool, I'm gonna get play Xbox and you know, (laughs) drink some wine. and. As time went on, it was very clear something was wrong. Like, you 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 have the stuff you're going to expect to have. Like, suddenly it's not all about you. <laughs> Your ego takes a kick in. Um, like no one really talks to you. You're kind of invisible. Obviously, you're getting less affection, and less love, and all, all the love is aimed at the child. And that's all like very selfish ego stuff. I would expect. But it was just there was no color in my life. And if I could see this like love in this bubble with like my partner. Um, my daughter Evelyn and her and uh, Emily's parents and I was just being on the outside like why am I feeling that and I I was I, you know I said some pretty horrific things I, I was not a good person and then one day someone at work said I think you've got postnatal depression you need to go to the doctor and I had been on the journey for like maybe 18 months or so where I was you know I was practicing mindfulness kind of through martial arts and I was pretty happy to to speak about my feelings, so I said, like, "Okay, that's great. I'll go. I'll go to the doctor because if he says that's what I've got, that means I'm not a bad father. I'm not a horrible, horrible person. It means I'm ill." And I had a phone conversation. The doctor would say "Yeah, it sounds like post depression coming." And he he'd been you know, he was a father too, and he was like, Look, "This is what you've got. It's going to take you. It's probably going to go away as you get used to your new role, and you'll you'll kind of fall into it." And I was like, okay. He's like, do you want to go on antidepressants? And I was like, no. You know, a little bit of a stigma around that. I was like, no, I think I can deal with this. You know, I'm arrogant. I, I, I was like, I knew mindfulness and I follow stoic philosophy. So like, now I know it's not me. I'll deal with this. But um, it got a little bit better, but not great. And and it, it took me until basically 11 months to decide I was going to properly fight back and try and save my family.
0: Um, but, you know, a lot of damage was done. Wow. So... Did it really kick in just that first night you you went back home, and now I'm a dad, and it just felt different?
1: Yeah, I, it, the thing is, it didn't feel different. I think that's what it was. It was just like, well, I'm me, um, and I, I just didn't feel any attachment. And you know, she Eva was adorable, and I adore her to bits now. Like I'm so smitten, it's insane. Like I, I just, oh, she's she's everything. But I just, I was just like, ah, eh, this is a, a nuisance. This is a chore. This is bugging me. Um, and I, I, I just wasn't. I wasn't feeling anything at all. I just, and I was um, short-tempered and snappy, and you know, almost like almost felt like as like a radiation of a threat of violence around me. It was just, um, it was pretty scary.
0: And with those sort of reactions, was that something you had experienced prior? Did did other situations bring that out of you, or?
1: That's a really good question because I think when I was fighting back, fighting is one word, when I was trying to deal with it, um, I had happy days. And I was like, "Oh, this is new. Like, I've never been just happy and content before. Um, I was like, I've never had this ever. So, and I started to put things together for the my whole of my life. And I was like, actually, I've had depression probably most of my life. I just thought that was life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I thought the ever was just like, oh, nice to get crap, but you can watch movies, and that's okay. And I had social anxiety my whole life. Um, and But it was the, post-natal depression that made that kind of kick in and made me realize it.
0: Oh, so this was kind of the, you needed like an obvious trigger. Yeah. to kind of look at yourself and go, oh, I've always felt sh- shitty at times. And maybe it's. That, that's
1: exactly it. It's exactly it. And looking back, it was pretty damn obvious. <laughs> 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 um, but you just don't, It's that's a guy thing, isn't it? We're just not that in, um, introspective. Uh, we don't kind of look within ourselves and think, "Why am I feeling this way?" We just think it's you know it's a lot of darkness in us all put into us by our society.
0: Yeah. So, so I I have history of depression and and suicide attempts even as a, as a kid, and I do not have children, so I, I I I can't relate to that part of it, but I can certainly relate to the depression part, mm-hmm. and. It, it, well, since this came as a surprise, I'm sure no one talked about this beforehand as, oh, you're going to be a dad. You might want to be aware of this.
1: Oh, I tell you, it was amazing.
0: The biggest pain
1: I've ever had in life are things I didn't know about and, and that are really, really common. So uh, before we had Evelyn, we'd actually had a miscarriage and it was very early on, but we, we made all the mistakes you can make. Like we guessed um, she would be a girl. We named her. We were planning Christmas with a baby. Because um, we did everything right. We ate the right things, took the right vitamins, no one was smoking, no one was like, drinking, no one had a miscarriage. We like, no, 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 no wait, I, I thought that happened to people who do, who like smoke during pregnancy or, or make a mistake. And that hurt like hell. And as when we started talking about it, everyone was like, oh yeah, I've had two miscarriages. Oh yeah, I've, I've actually had three. so like, why is no one taught? Like, we would have been nice to have that on our radar, that there was a possibility. Mm. And then same with postnatal depression. once I started talking about it. Um, you know, my, my brother and my father, I think both said they, they thought I had my habit. Uh, one of my brothers is a war marine, so he was in Afghanistan, I think at the time, when we, we told him, and he went back to his unit and said, oh, my, my brother's got postnatal depression. And I think two or three of the unit were like, yeah, I think I had that. Like, Any time a guy almost runs away from the situation, that might be the case. Like, um, one of the things I did is I threw myself into my work. So I was out of the house all the time. But I said, like, no, I'm being a good father. I'm, I'm providing, I'm going to make money and things. But I just didn't want to be at home. Hmm. Um, So it can be hard to spot in that way. But yeah, it's it's incredibly, it's much more common than I thought. Um, And which is kind of why I've also been raising awareness because it breaks my heart when I hear about a father leaving their family, like six months into the the birth of a child. And I just think you don't know what you're missing. Like if you could have just hung in there uh, or got help, to get to, like the first six months is kind of like an alien being, (laughs) certainly the first three months, it's like a purple gremlin or something, but then like personality starts to show and they start to recognize you and laugh, and then they just become a joy, Mm -hmm. and it's, I would have been, we have ended up getting, we have separated, um, but we're very, very close, it's very amicable, and I see Evie all the time, so it's just, I just want to raise that awareness so that people um, don't throw away something just because they're ill,
0: yeah, because it sounds, and and I see this uh, uh, over and over for men when 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 one man is kind of brave enough to admit, wow, this thing's going on, and I don't know what to do with it, or I'm really dealing with this, and other people say, oh yeah, me too, me too, yeah. and like, but it's it's almost like beforehand, it, it like people don't like like hey, I think I'm really feeling depressed over something. Has anyone else had that? <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> we all we almost like we're we're willing to admit things only after a lot of pain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And because it feels, you know, we're indoctrinated to be strong and not talk about our emotions and um, not make mistakes and we don't want to be laughed at. And one of the silliest things I've done is I didn't want to marry my wife, like, who is amazing and and way out of my league. <laughs> and, I, and I had that moment of like mindfulness, like, okay, what is it? Why don't I want to do this? Like I want to spend the rest of my life with her, so why don't I want to get married? And it turns out I didn't want to say the vowels in front of people, in case I cried, <laughs> and I didn't want to do the first dance, because I don't dance. When you say it out loud, that's idiotic. <laughs> it's like, if you cry the people that love you, and if you can't dance, you not really dancing at a wedding, you just hold each other close, because you, you kind of haven't been talking to each other the whole wedding, because you're all off doing things, and then it's like, oh, there you are, my wife. Yeah. How are you doing right? And then that, you just that, kind of
0: rock, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the night you're the star. You, you can go dance, good or bad, you can ball every moment. It's, it's, up, it's all up to you. You're calling the shots, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly.
1: So, I think sometimes we create a fear when there's no fear, and that's an issue with like anxiety mainly. Um, if you pull it out of your head and say it out loud, it's like, What am I worried about that for? Hmm.
0: So you mentioned that before you realized what was going going on, you dealt with this depression and anxiety by trying to run away and, and really working more than you needed to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was, working, I was working long hours, and I, I would just go out a lot, and I would leave, I think on the first day, back with the baby, which is a weird experience anyway. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to work. And I didn't have to because it, it, it was like an like, entrepreneurial, it was a martial arts studio. But I just left. So I left my... You know, my wife, who was um, overwhelmed as well and scared and all that kind of stuff on her own. Like 20 30 minutes later, her parents turned up, but it was, um, yeah, it wasn't a good time.
0: So, so once you got the help and realized, oh, this, this is a thing. It's not just, I'm not, I'm not just being a dick. I'm not just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Something's really happening. Yeah. What did you do with that knowledge? What did you do to, cool. to overcome this or get through it?
1: Well, I like playing computer games. So, and I, what I've learned from computer games, if you're playing like a role playing game and you come up against like an end of level boss and depression is the mother of all end of level bosses. Like, <laughs> it's going to kick your ass. But what you do in a game like role playing games is you get all your companions together. You use every single scroll, every single spell, every single weapon. You're eating like apples and pies to kind of get your health back up. Like you use everything. So I was like, okay, this is late into the battle. I'm going with everything, everything. So I went on antidepressants so um, to see if they would work. I overhauled my diet to the ketogenic way of eating, where you eat tons of fat <laughs> and no sugar. And that, that really did, I think, had an impact. Um, I started reading more and finding mentors. There's a great, um, I knew that Stephen Fry had talked about mental health. There's a guy, an author called Matt Haig, whose book, Reasons to Stay Alive, is phenomenal. And that really helped me. Um, I started kind of going out in nature more. I also started studying more about mindfulness, meditation, and stoicism. And one of the biggest things is I went and trained and became a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, which talks about how um, the language you use with others but also internally defines your reality and how your thoughts define your reality. So, and there was another great book I read called The Chimp Paradox, which talks about the parts of your brain. And there's, there's like the chimp, which is very powerful, but paranoid and anxious. Then there's a human part and like, the computer part. And you've just got to tra- train train the chimp. And a lot of the time the chimp, which is usually the thing that causes, uh, uh, fuels the depression and anxiety, is tired or hungry or wants friendship. So now whenever, whenever I have a bad day now, I'm like, okay, am I getting depressed? Have I eaten enough? What have I eaten? Have I had enough sleep? Have I had enough water? So like fulfill the basic needs so I was just like a soldier armoring up. Um, and even down to anchoring techniques. So my, my kid brother, the war Marine, has sent me his boots and socks and stuff. So these boots have been to like Afghanistan and Sierra Leone and dread to think where else. But when I'm wearing his boots, I'm like my brother. And my brother Adam is like one of the most kind of charming. Like if you pick him up and put him in any situation on the planet, he's like, okay, cool, what's going on? Like fearless. So because I was wearing his boots, I'd feel a little bit better. So the, I mean, I, there was a lot of stuff I was doing and I don't know which one worked the best, but I certainly know that anchoring techniques in terms of what you're wearing, how you hold your body even, the language you use, like, oh, I have to change a nappy now. <laughs> you change it to, I, I choose to change this nappy yeah. because I love my daughter right. um, and like, if she if she rips, or if she spills something, or whatever, we we don't get angry. It's she's doing an experiment, and she is. She's just pouring water. Like, what happens if I do this? Well, my TV breaks. <laughs> but you found that out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the only program definitely helped.
0: So, and it, it's it's quite a cliche that you know, in every challenge, there's a gift. But it yeah. really sounds like you know, this your daughter showed up to throw you into depression so that yeah. you could really wake up and realize yeah. how much better life could be.
1: And I think that's a nice way of looking at it. Like, that's just why I don't like the phrase like you know fighting your depression because fighting is like harmful it's, it's, um, and it suggests something you might lose. It's not something you really it's like the weather. You just batten down the hatches wear appropriate clothing wait for the storm to pass. But it's also part of you. Like anxiety is a good example because anxiety just wants to keep you safe. It's like dude that's dangerous. And you're like, is it? <laughs> it's like, how bad is it going to be? But in your head, it's like, yeah, that's atrocious. These, these people are saying this about me, or or what if this happens, or what if I lose my job? And you just got to bring that kind of element of reality into it. And I think it's easier to deal with stuff when you thank it. So you, if you're like, okay, thank you, anxiety. I get what you're trying to do. I don't need you right now. And I have got this. I can get a flip chart and they show you all the evidence of when we have done that before. And we survived like we can do it again like whether it's something like this or if you get nervous over a presentation or whatever and i'm talking at this point it's like low level anxiety like i've had to full-on anxiety attacks where you're in hell um but again i think medication helps with that i i, I started using bark flower oils have you heard of those no um and you just like there's ones for all types of different things but they they can help I'm now also trying CBD oil. Um oil. Like I, I, I'm i just always adding tools to my toolbox. Because yeah. as, as you, you, know, you know, if you're deep in depression, deep in anxiety, you're just in hell. It, it's, it's dangerous. It's, yeah, it's horrible. So um, i Yeah,
0: if, if, if you want to change anything or feel different, you've got to be willing to do different things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you need them around you, you know, because the depression is like, oh, it's too far away. Like, don't, don't go to the bathroom together.
0: It's too far. Yeah, so, it's not worth it. You're not, you're not worth walking those five steps. Exactly. And then you
1: need, you know, thankfully now I've got loads of wonderful people in my life, loads of coaches as well. And, um, and everyone's really understanding. Because I think with, with anxiety as well, um, sometimes I just need to take a break. I think I'm an introvert, so social interaction drains me. Hmm. So sometimes I'll just go upstairs and just disappear for 20 minutes. and Then I'll come down, and I'm okay. Um, right. And people around me understand. Anyway, I can't remember what the original, original one—it was a original question was—but
0: yeah, that's no, my just, long yeah. answer. <laughs> no, it was good. It was all the ways to deal with it. So that's yeah. good to have a long answer for, because yeah, there's really there's limitless ways to deal with things. Yeah. Um, but much like you, when when I was depressed and suicidal, you know, I didn't think it was like I thought I was depression. Yeah. You know, like it, oh, this is Absolutely. just me. and the days I was happy, those were the lies. That yeah. That was oh, I had a good day. No, that was the trick. I fell for the scam, like whatever it is, Yeah. but but now it's, you know, I've, I find that feeling depressed or, or anxious is kind of my own internal navigation telling me that I'm out of alignment, my, my head and my heart, or what I really want to do and what I'm tolerating. They're just, everything's out of whack.
1: That's exactly right. There's a thing in, uh, in people, uh, neurological levels. And uh, a lot of the time it's your identity doesn't fit with your environment or what doing or the people you're surrounding yourself with and you just don't fit you don't quite fit in your life and it frustrating as it is me separating from my wife i fit this life now like i love her to bits i love my daughter like crazy but there's i'm kind of content living on my own and um to extent we, we had drifted apart um but i fit where i am now and i, I like it a lot
0: um, so i want to ask like has the divorce brought on you know, depression, anxiety. or now you have all the tools to kind of handle any change much better. Or yeah,
1: um, I, I I think a lot of time mental health is preventative. It's because uh, like when when you get really bad anxiety, I'm like, okay, get rid of the coffee, get rid of like, any drink, stop alcohol. Um, and then the anxiety goes away. No, I'm feeling okay. I could probably chance a coffee. <laughs> it's like plain. always just pushing the barriers. Like I think I'm well now. It's fine. Uh, so. Um, I, sorry, what was the question?
0: What did you say? Just has the divorce brought up some oh, yeah. depression, um, anxiety, or yeah. was that? So just,
1: I, oh I went very preventative, which is why it's like going on CBD oil. Yeah. Um, hanging out with my daughter is amazing. I'm watching it. And it, I mean, I had a bad depressed day the other day. Um, everyone could see it. and But it was mainly because I, I'd done a lot of training that day and hadn't eaten properly. So my body was knackered, had no energy. And then it just kind of creeps in. And then say, like, this is rubbish, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you're going to fail, this is going to work out. And, yeah. But it's, it's just one of, the, I think Alcoholics Anonymous do this thing where the, the 12th step is you sponsor someone else and you help someone else. Mm. And apparently if you quit at any point before the 11th step, you're probably going to drink again. But there's something about helping someone else that, because we like other people more than ourselves a lot of the time. So what I started doing is just helping other people. And so I'm, and because I want to help other people, I'm still researching ways to be mentally healthy. So you know, you follow people like Mel Robbins has, um, no, somebody else actually, um, Vanessa Van Anders, I think, who says every time a red light, she runs through all the things in life that she's grateful for. Mm. So I do that now. Um, every time I hit a red light, I'm like, okay, what am I grateful for? And it becomes automatic, and it, all these little, like, like raindrops of positivity and good techniques are going to keep you in it. Um, Yeah.
0: Because we all have, we all have these negative rituals that we're not aware of. They just happen and we think that's life. Yeah. So when you take the effort to create some positive rituals, yeah, the power can just impresses me all the time.
1: And you probably have the same thing with me. Like sometimes you'll talk to someone and you just hear like negative language and a negative worldview and you think, you're doing that to yourself. Like you're, you're creating that negativity. You don't need to speak like that. Even if it's like, "Oh, car insurance, it sucks. It's ripping us off." Say, like, "No, it isn't." Like, don't don't get emotionally attached to car insurance. Yeah. Get emotionally attached to people. It's like, this is not worth your time or your or your effort to worry about it. It's like that's the either. Can you find cheaper car insurance? If so, go do it. If you can't, stop mining. Uh, it's but we we'll love to. It, it,
0: it, for me, it, it took me a long time to, to get this, but it, it's about responsibility. I, I used to think responsibility and blame were like the same thing. But when you get yeah. responsibility for how you feel, for how you talk, for how you see the world, how you see yourself, then you can change it. Yeah. But if you just want to blame yourself for everything, then, then you're just crippling yourself.
1: Or blaming other people, we do oh, you know, that's my parents' fault, or oh, that's my exes' fault. It's like, well, if you're gonna blame everyone, I think Tony Robbins says this, if you want to blame all these people, you need to thank for them for who they've made you become, which is, you know, whatever, a strong, kind person or, or whatever. It, it's like the negative experiences can also be you know, beneficial sometimes. Yeah,
0: I mean, the, there's the chance for growth in yeah. everything you face, that, yeah. that seems difficult or a challenge, or you don't like it, and you can either go, and that's what I always did. Like, my worldview was well, life sucks, then you die. So, <laughs> exactly, why, why right? bother to wait? And that's what you're doing. Yeah. Well, why, it's just, just going to die later. Everything sucks. What am I waiting for? Yeah. Um, but life can be freaking awesome.
1: It, it is, regularly. You yeah. just have to focus on that stuff. Like, there was the awesome moon last night or the night before. Like, if I, if I, to kind of killed myself in my early years, in my early twenties, I wouldn't have got to see these new Marvel movies, like, or like Skyrim, like the amazing immersive games. And now there's going to be virtual reality, kind of getting better and better in the next ten years. I really want to see what happens. <laughs> and in terms of like life and adventures, like I, I don't know what happens after death, obviously, but I really want to experience as much as I can while I'm here. Yeah. So it's like cool. I'm going to get to experience you know, being divorced and going through this and it might be negative it might be positive but i want to have the feeling and i want to have that experience it's almost like if this was a game i want to go play every kind of dlc and and see what's out there yeah and that's just fun and i like uh, like when we play a computer game if we complete it we raise the difficulty so play it again like we want a challenge If if everything in our life, if you're a sports person, and I said to you, right, every single time you compete, you're gonna win. You wouldn't wanna do it anymore. (laughs) So I like having the challenges. And I do see it as a computer game metaphor, like I wanna up my stats.
0: Yeah.
1: So like I get better at talking on podcasts like this because I do it as as often as possible. Um, I'm better at managing my emotions because I've had some serious freaking battles. I had some volcanoes erupting inside me. So to deal with anger now, that's easy, because anger is like a petty emotion, way below depression. It's like, it just puts everything into perspective.
0: Yes. I I love that. And I've, you know, pretty sad, I have never heard it twisted to just that life is a computer game and the uplifting, I I, I love that, that metaphor. (laughs) And because so many people, and I, I was like this too, I treated life like it was a sentence. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm alive. Oh, I'm screwed. Like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, life. But, yeah. oh, wait, it's a game. And, yeah, I want to try as many different things as I can and be as many different characters. Exactly. And yeah.
1: Because that's what you do. Like, there's a game, whether it's a role-playing game like Skyrim. Like, if I'm in a town in Skyrim or, or like, um, Fallout, I'll go talk to everyone in the town in case they have something interesting to say. <laughs> but I'll be at a party and I won't talk to anyone. So, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is actual life. All these people could contribute something. Or I'd go exploring. Like uh, my wife would come in and say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm heading up this mountain. Why? I just want to see what's up there. But I haven't explored like that street over there. remember. Yeah. Yeah. There.
0: There's an so, actual mountain over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Go see what's up there. Oh, there's so many things that we can learn from like, computer games. And we tend to, we want to explore the whole game as well. Otherwise, we don't feel like we've got our money's worth. Yeah. Um, and, and we yeah. want to
0: do different things. And seeing it as a game, it it takes away that that whole victimhood mentality that that it, it makes people ripe for depression and anxiety and, and a host yeah, of yeah. other just horrible shit. I think. Yeah. you yeah. But yeah, but you, not, if not, if you put your quarter in or if you invested in your three hundred dollar game system and you're ready to go, like you're, yeah, you've invested in it. it. It's not a trap. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. You're not screwed. It's no one doing anything to you. There's no one. There's no, There's no one to blame. No. I make, I Rob and Robin beat up in the game.
1: And you pick your battles, like it's, uh, and that's, that can be quests. Like for example, um, let say doing a, like a TED talk or something or, or building a million dollar business or something. Right out the gate, you're not that good. Like you're in the town. Um, and I like this other, like the movie metaphor. So we're all the Hobbit in the Shire, or you know, on District 12, or Luke on Tatooine. And we don't want to leave, because that's out of our comfort zone, that's where fear is. And and even Luke is like, I want to get off of here. I want to go join with this. And then um, Ben's like, you should come with me then. He's like, oh no, I've got to stay here and be a farmer. He's like, you've been talking big about leaving the planet and now when you've got the opportunity, the fear kicks in. Good, because that means that you're on a quest that is going to challenge you. And so you're going to get experience points. But if you go on too big a quest, it's going to collapse. So it's always just judging like, where's my skill base here? Can I achieve that or is that out uh, out of my ability level? And I love, I love that process. Yeah. And you can see people, you'll meet them, who have just coasted their whole life. And it, I, I, had to, I ran a cinema for a while, for eight years. So for the first six months, I learned how to run a cinema and how to you know, project films, it was all 35 mil, and then the culture and the community. And then I just coasted and didn't do anything. And then we had digital, it's changed to digital. I was, oh, it's interesting, I'm learning again. And then it just coasted. Yeah. It's, in any of us, in any job you're in, or any, any communication you have with somebody, there's chances to just get those experience points. And that's how you grow.
0: Yeah. we Got to jump on those mushrooms, eat the energy points, all those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly. But yeah. And, and you're right. Like, life, like I have hear people complain, like, oh, life is so challenging. Like, if it wasn't, you'd be bored to hell. It's exactly. Hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if you start seeing things like that, like um, in the hero's journey, they're called like threshold guardians. But we're not gonna fight dragons in real life. But depression is a freaking dragon and, yeah. and, and it's that bigger level. But also a receptionist can be like a low level stormtrooper. Um, and, and we use language like this. We say, oh, you know, that person's a witch, that person's a troll. Mm-hmm. Good, like the biggest fear people have about doing what we're doing right now is getting trolled. And I'm like, I want the trolls because I'm a hero of this journey. It's like, that's how I, I, I grow and I'd rather, you know, I've got some skills to deal with it. Your are, sorry, has just said in the chat room, well, my exes are driving. In a good way, I hope. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's, uh, if you start seeing yourself as a hero on the journey, you start to have responsibility for those around you as well. Yeah. And I think it's not just, one of my big things was becoming a father, but I think people can have those epiphanies in a whole host of different ways. But I need to make the world a better place for my daughter. And once you've had a kid, you realize that all kids are pure and innocent and lovely, and then they're programmed to feel bad because there's so much money to be made by their Mm unhappiness. And so it's like, you've got to buy this product, you've got to buy this, you can't be, you've got to get your beach body ready. It's like, the beach doesn't care what you look like. Are you on the beach? You've got a beach body, that's it. Um, and, And they want us to be exhausted from work and not be able to build up side hustles and kind of get out of the grind. And that's not how it should be. You know, I don't want my daughter to, no, parent picked up their child and said, wow, I hope they get a job working 40, 50, 60 hours a week that they don't like until they die. That's not why we're here. Yeah. So you've got to be the hero. You've got to find ways to hack the system.
0: So if that's, we're not here for that. So what would you say if somebody's like, well, then Darren, what am I here for? I think, I don't know the, the exact, element, but I do
1: like referencing kind of films and games and stuff, but like Elon Musk says... There's a, I think, eighty percent chance this is a simulation. Because if technology is going to keep getting so good, um, this could ease, this actually might be bad graphics. Like, well, some people might come out of this and be like, "Oh, this is the world." Like, it, can we get feelings of deja vu, like you're doing the Matrix? Oh, that was a glitch. And um, but also like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they says that the Earth is a computer trying to work out the meaning of life. And I love that idea that we're all just all these conversations are just running simulations and running variables and trying to work out why we're here but i think the i think the you know the main way i see as to why we're here is to yeah, um is to come to terms with our mortality and to find a way to another way of putting it is when you're born i see us as like a, a glass of clear water and very very quickly it gets polluted And I I always see it as like Dark Side Jedi stuff, like through negative emotions and bitterness. And you you can see people who have those emotions and it almost cripples their body as well. Like it changes the way they hold themselves. So I think one of the tasks of life is to get to the other end pure. And I don't mean kind of sin-free. I mean like content and like you sit there and be like, if I passed on now, I had a good life. And everyone knows how I feel about them. Um, I have no anger or resentment. I'm not taking any negative baggage with me to the to the next place, or you know, if that's the end, that's the end.
0: So it's but, the notion that kind of society, um, culture dirties us, and it's our job to purify ourselves.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, the other way of looking at it is raise your shields to stop the negativity getting in. The media being like, you've got to be scared of immigrants. You've got to be scared of terrorism. You've got to be scared of cancer. It's like it's a great podcast I listened to, I think it was, um, I can't remember what it was called, but he said, what are you scared of? And the answer is, whatever I decide to be scared of today, because I will be scared of things that I think I'm scared of. So right now, I could, I, through my thought process, I could convince myself I have like cancer now. I could start looking on Google and be like, man, I've got these symptoms, and start to get really scared and paranoid. Or I could just not do that. <laughs> I could start to be scared of... Um, have a crime in this area. Be scared of being mugged. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you don't be, you're not wise, you don't be idiotic, don't go looking for it, but I get to decide what I'm scared of by, by thinking it. Mm. So, and I think if you can manage your thoughts in that way, and I guess that's another way of looking at it, it's not mastery, but it's um, just the ability to manage your body and your mind. Mm. It's almost like we've, we've kind of gone into this body and we just need to work out how it work out how it works and you see babies do this really well with their bodies like okay i'm walking i can't pick this stuff up that's how you unscrew stuff but they're not great at it with their emotions so it's like they're drama queens it's wonderful but then as adults we become slaves we can become slaves to our emotions we don't want to be slaves to our emotions i know that was a lot of answers in there but um yeah. i genuinely think it's that moment of how many people can't sit quietly in a room with their thoughts? How many people need to put music on or the TV on or something to distract them from their thoughts? Right. And it takes training, but I think if you can just sit, I mean, like, okay, let's see what happens. and just see where my thoughts go. Yeah. But I'm sure the answer is different for everyone.
0: Well, in again, and, and, not, yeah. it takes a lot of courage to just follow your thoughts because so many people yeah. are operating with all sorts of fears. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to experience them. They, yeah. they don't want to feel that fear. Yeah. Yeah. And and what I found in my life is when when I'm willing, whatever emotion shows up, if it's fear or happiness, shame, whatever it is, if I'm willing to feel it the moment it's there, it passes really fast. But yeah. if I'm like, oh no, that's not the place. No, I don't want to feel that. Then it lasts and lasts and lasts and fights to get back here. That's it, because you started fighting with it, right?
1: It's uh, like, you know, it takes two people to fight or, or two elements to fight. So if you're just like um, if you don't get emotionally attached to it, so you know. And, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to be kind of blasé about it. Like if you're in a if you're in a deep depression or anxiety, I, I get it, like I'm I that's that's bad. But you've just got to wait for that slight break in the clouds and be like, Hey, can I drink a glass of water? And it's okay, I've drunk a glass of water and then maybe you stay in bed for a little bit longer. It's like, okay, can I can I at least text a friend to kind of get a conversation going? Can I put on my favorite music? And it gets easier now, like with Voice activation, you can just be like, I know Alexa, play happy music. It's yeah. so, okay, now that's happening. It, it might, it, you know, in my experience, it can take, it, sometimes it can take a couple of days to dig your way out. Yeah. But, um, but the more tools you've got, right? But yeah, that's you the key.
0: And I, and I know for me, even when I had tools and do, and do stuff, mm-hmm. it'd be like, you know, one, one bad day, and I would be, well, I'm used to depression, here it all comes. And you yeah. almost expect it and would make it show up and I wouldn't use yeah. all the tools I had. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'll, I'm not worth that effort. All those things I do to make me feel good. Who, who am I to feel good? And you would just, it was so easy to slide back down. And I yeah. think it, if you're prone to depression like that, that being prone to something, yeah, the slide's always gonna be there. Yeah. And it's about yeah. catching it, noticing it, letting people know I feel like I'm sliding down, you know. Um, That's it,
1: and, and having that faith because you've done it, right? You've, you've done the battle. You're a high level, like level forty warrior right now. Like, like we're veterans. We're mentors now, which is how, why we, we do this. Right. So, you know, when depression came back a few days ago and um, my ex-family was like, are, are you okay? I was like, this is nothing. Like I'm going to get rid of this in a couple of hours. Like I've I've had way worse than this. This is just... This is just like a scouting party, just yeah. probing my defenses, and I'm gonna raise them all and tell you to bugger off. Um, and that's what you do. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know we've got a we've got a, quite a few members of uh, Darren's paid support group here, <laughs> 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 His professional fan club. and I just want to share some of the comments. So um you've got to think the meaning of life is to create a life you'll be proud of. Yeah. that 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 works for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, be the source of light to blind the darkness. That's you know, cool. And a lot of people liking the video game metaphor is awesome. People talking about, you know, they want to fix their stats. You got to yeah. use practice, unlock all the tools to to beat the next level. Yeah. That's the way of putting it. Yeah. So it's all awesome. Um, one thing I want to point out and ask you about in just what well, you spoke of, you just said like my depression came back yesterday Yeah, and you said, and and this is something I had to work on. Well, no, then, then that wasn't depression. Sure. Right? Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, I was feeling down or like I'm I'm feeling whatever, I have tension, frustration. You know, I'm feeling some emotion that might be on the negative uh, pole of of emotions, but it's not depression.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, It's interesting. Unless you're
0: truly, like, on your knees, bawling, and I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know?
1: Okay, so I I, I get – no, there's some validity validity to that. I I guess it was, um, like I said, a scouting party. So it wasn't depression, but it was the scouts. Yeah. Just being like, if you don't do something – you're going to start heading down a road where you don't want to go. Right. Um, but I get what you're saying, because people. that's one of the issues you have, right? Yeah. Mental health is it's always taken seriously because people overuse the word, oh, I'm, I'm so depressed or I'm, I'm so anxious. It's like, well, you're just a little bit stressed right now. Yeah, um, right. Um, whereas, you're right, like, I can have a little bit of anxiety, but man, you know, I remember breaking down in the kitchen and bawling, like not being able to breathe—just horrendous. Um, and trying
0: so, yeah, like, to, to, to sit with with my own thoughts, if if I'm like, I feel that, like, well, all right, well, what am I avoiding? Like, what what am I afraid of that I haven't named yet that that might be lurking? What you know, what is it? And again, it's that willingness to feel yeah, yeah. can can put off that you know that blind you know, uh, unhinged anxiety or depression. If you're willing to feel what's, you know, all the uh, steps before you get there, because they're there. It's not just one day, boom. Yeah. It it can feel like it, but it's because we're not aware of everything else that's been shifting in in us. Exactly right.
1: And sometimes, you know, I I think there's another metaphor where they said, um, uh, like, it's almost like you're in the water and people are handing you weights. And it could just be a tiny piece of stress That they then drop on and that's what pushes you under so you can overreact to like the smallest thing um and and sometimes like i remember feeling kind of stressed or anxious or heading down that path and then like an email came in and it went away i was like hey that was the source that email that i was worried about that um and but at the same time as we know you sometimes you never know what the cause is yeah it's just uh
0: that's, it's funny they mentioned email because that when, when I first started meditating, um, I noticed, I noticed my change was in response to email because you used to be at work and getting emails like, oh, I made asked the same things. Why are these stupid people asking me the same things day after day? And then I realized, oh, that's my freaking job to like help all these dumb people get things accomplished. Oh, well, that's yeah. different. Now oh good, here's someone else who's lost. I can help them. I have a job. That's, you know, that's it. told then, I was like, oh, every email pissed me off. And I'm it's just it's just words on a screen. It's not even it's just scribble marks. Like yeah. why am I having an emotional reaction to this?
1: That's it. Yeah. And then you did it really well. You just reframed it and said, actually this is something different. But it also can get I, I see I have to watch this for myself when when you Spent all this time training and getting these tools, and then you see somebody who's kind of depressed, and you're like, well, just do this. <laughs> and you forget how bad it, it can took, be. It took me years to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, but that's, that's the role of the mentor now, isn't it? It's so, okay, yeah. I, I see where you are, let's try and uh, help, you, help you through. Because you know, I had mentors who helped me through, it's just, uh, you've got to pay it back or pay it forward.
0: And and I know what. You, so you you wrote a book, and was it was it yes. after your experience that you wrote your book?
1: Yeah, uh, kind of. During no no yes so yes uh, it was it was a year later. Um, so it, I was in the middle of it. I think it probably took me two years to shake it. Um, and, 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 you, and, and you were
0: targeting teens, is that right?
1: Yeah, it was because I'm a teacher. One of my I'm a day job is I'm a media lecturer, and it horrifies me how many teens are coming out of schools with mental health issues. Um, even if it's not full-on mental health issues, it's lack of confidence, it's um, just fear of the world, thinking they've got less options than they have, and so you can do anything, anything! You can go to other countries, you can go live in, uh, on beaches in Thailand and make money on mine, they don't know the options that are, that are around them. And it's not anyone's fault, it's just that you know, their parents have uh, almost uh, talking to them as though the world is the same yeah. as when they were young. It's like, that's changed. So they expect them to leave school, get a job and do that job for the rest of their life. It's like, well, that's
0: changed. Yeah. Yeah. Get Limitations it. get passed on unless so it challenges them.
1: That's an excellent way of putting it. Limitations get um, passed on. So I thought, well, okay, I've learned quite a bit here. I'm going to aim it at the teams because, um, you know, my depression probably manifested when I was a teenager. And it was, it is just a fun kind of book. It follows the hero's journey. In fact, there's one book. Well placed. So. So what I realized when I was depressed is, the depression is like, don't read a book, it's a lot of work, there's so many words on the page, don't do it. And I found Matt Hayes' book really good because a lot of it was blank pages, it was just bullet points. So it's very short, it's only like a, it's less than 100 pages. And it's short chapters, like some of them are just a couple of pages, because then you get that feeling of like, oh, I read a chapter, so is that uh, accomplishment. But it is, it's, it's laid out, like it's called uh, Level Up Your Teens, meaning, you, level up your teenage years and then the, the so it starts off with like you're the hero of this quest not an npc you know not a non-player character like this is your life it's like answering the call to adventure which is you know Obi Wan can being like a oh no no r 2 d being like happy over Kenobi, can over your man yeah or Gandalf being like, you should come with me, but we don't want to do it, because it's scary, but that's how we work. Um Casting the spell of imprisonment is about uh, limiting b- self-beliefs and all that kind of nonsense, and it's armor up, you know, get your appropriate armor, your appropriate, w- they, 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 these two walls on here, uh, help you feel strong, which is why I got it. Uh, time travel, not in a good way, is about how we, um, oh, why is time travel not in a good way? Um, oh, that we don't, we can't look after our future selves. So like can you imagine if like you at twenty had been putting money aside and then came through life and was like, I love you so much, I've saved that twenty thousand. Um and we we also create negative events in the future and, and we just don't do it very well. Um who is in your apocalypse squad? So that's about pulling your squad together. Like who's gonna help you deal like, to again depressions like the apocalypse? So who can you reach out to? And then it's um why it's amazing to be adventuring now, why it's amazing to be alive. And then it's just tons and tons of recommendations because I can't answer everything in a book. So there's like other books they should read, there's TED talks that they should listen to, there's um, people they should follow because it needs to be kind of dripped in. But yeah, it's sold okay in the UK, not so much kind of outside of here, but it's a really fun read, it's got really good reviews on the UK Amazon. Um, But that's the first step, it was like, because we, have, we don't understand how the world works. And thankfully, you know, I had a mentor, but he said in the January, um, he was like, everyone should write a book. Everyone's got a book in them. It's really easy to do now. And teachers should do it particularly because you've got a subject basically. now. that. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And that was my first step getting that on Amazon and then in uh, Barnes and Noble. I was like, oh, the world isn't what I thought it was. Like, you have a lot more options and power than you think you have. Yep. And it was my first step in being vulnerable, which is a leadership thing. You know, the reason we love John McClane in the first Die Hard is because he's crying in the toilet, picking glass out of his feet. You know, then he becomes like a superhero in the follow-up ones. It's like, no, John, you're, you're a beat cop that nearly died in The Knuckle Time You You're not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Stop being invulnerable. And we see that with the Marvel movies, with like Thor crying now, Thanos crying, and um, vulnerability in Iron Man, you know, having PTSD and alcoholism, and Captain America having a, a moral crisis. Like, no one likes Superman because he's a bit too perfect. We <laughs> want the psychological mess of Batman. Yeah. And so as leaders, if you can just say, well, here's my pain, you're going to attract people to you who 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 love you for who you are and drive away the people who aren't interested in you.
0: Yeah. I, if, 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 I, I don't know if such a person exists or ever has, but if you were somehow a human being and you were born and you grew up and challenge-free and you were just – You're just always just the Zen master from moment one. I don't know that you'd be a very powerful leader.
1: No, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. You need to be kind of battle tested to a certain extent. Um, Until you
0: have your own notion of your own resilience that you can overcome anything, it's hard to convey that or spread that idea.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Exactly right. It's why, you know, I guess people in the military get nervous when they get like a, a a officer straight out of the academy it's like okay he's done a lot of theory <laughs> but how's he going to act in in battle um and all this is again it's it's talk all these ways of dealing with mental illness you know like the plan goes out the window with first contact with the enemy you know so i can be like okay when it comes again i'm going to do this going to do this i'm going to do this and then depression is like boom
0: yeah. What am I supposed to do again? <laughs> right. Yeah. The 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 things we want to fight or battle or the things that challenge us, they're resilient too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why and you then, need a, you want a big toolbox and you yes. want to be, always be looking for new ways and open to new books and mentors and ideas of of yeah. of because there's you know there's no limit to how good we can feel. There's no limit to how freaking awesome right. life can be too. So and, and
1: I've had moments when I'm just like euphoric, just euphoric. And I, I might be meditating more, and I think I'm, I'm making progress with that. That's, that's a, a new thing for me. I've just become much more open-minded. I call it kind of woo-woo, and I'm just like, I love the idea. I just love the, all ideas right now. Like, there's a big kind of flat earth movement, and, um, and everyone's like, oh, these guys are really So I'm like, well, why do I believe that? The, I mean, I think I believe that the earth is round, but why do I believe that? Just because I've watched like Star Wars a ton of times, and I was told it at school, like I don't know, I haven't studied it. I'm not like a scientist. I just, I've just told that it was, and um, and then but then I think I'm more into like, why do you think it's flat? Like I just want to know. Like tell me more. And then I think I almost hope you're lying because what a plot twist! I'm like oh man, they got me, man. So yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing.
0: That's something that I've, I've certainly as a, as a, in younger days I did not like this, but I've, I've grown to uh, enjoy being wrong. Always oh, wrong about yeah. what I thought. Awesome! That's so cool. <laughs> I know, right?
1: Like the world is so much more exciting. It's yeah. uh, when you allow yourself to think that way and just be curious. Just yeah. be curious about all the wonderful things that can happen.
0: Yeah, when you realize there's really there's no right or wrong to you being right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's just exploring and new levels and didn't know it was there till I went there and. Exactly it's all good. And,
1: and, yeah and I'm, I'm getting a little bit more interested in like I just I, I just think there's now potential for everything I just think the world isn't what I thought it was my mind isn't what it thought I thought it was so now I'm like ah, do you know is it is the past life thing a real thing I might go do that um, I went to like a sound therapy session I'm just I'm just curious about the whole world right now and uh, I, I'm just uh, you know I've met some amazing people and you know who, who knows what the truth is? Yeah. But I, I want to go experience stuff and work out for myself, rather than yeah. just reading a book that that's not true.
0: Yeah, the best way to to learn is your own experience. And the, and the one thing no one can you're wrong, but no, that was my experience. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. you, you can't be if you're living your experience and your vulnerability, your authenticity, all comes from your experience. You, you yeah. can't be challenged on that. It's just like doesn't mean exactly. it, it's you. This might not be your experience, might not work for you, but look, this is who I am and these are things that helped me. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right.
1: I had a pretty extreme experience with uh, like a, a coach, like an energy healer. And uh, he was doing like high level neuro-linguistic programming. So he was like, okay, you'll well, take me back into the past, into your past memories where you um, where you had depression with your wife and you know, what's there? He said, what do you look like? I was like, I'm not even human, I'm like a, I'm like a big werewolf and I'm, I'm just scratching. wife and he's like okay what do you want to do i "I want to i want to kill the whale." let's go (laughs) like and he was like no like violence is wrong he's like you need to heal your wife first i was like okay so i kind of did a sky it's only in your head sky was a spell and kind of healed my wife and then the whale went away and my wife stood up and and she was fine and then i came kind of back out of it but what i'd basically done is healed that memory so it doesn't impact me anymore like the the guilt and shame went away a bit because our minds a lot of the time don't know the difference between in facts and fiction. Which is why if I think of food right now, I could salivate, my body would respond. If I think sexual thoughts, I'll get an erection. That's not real, that's just me thinking it. Well, what, <laughs> what,
0: I mean, what's the difference? Right, I, I'm, and. Right, Whatever you know, real and like what's the, like all the perceptions, everything you think is real is because your brain is deciding things, so. Yeah. Like, because I hear these people that like with, if, if they have a really vivid dream, oh, thank God it was a dream, it wasn't real. Well, who's who's just scary? Like, what is? What do you mean? What's real versus not? Oh, yeah. Exactly.
1: You can wake up shaking, absolute fear. Um, I mean, there's things. There's things that happen in dreams that are far scarier, and it was like idiotic. It's like, i had a nightmare. Oh, what was it? I said, like, Oh, there was a beach ball on a chair. so like, Why is that scary? I, was like, I don't know, but I had absolute fear in that dream. It's like, what was the beach ball doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so maybe I'm that's like, just a
0: whole nev- it's a whole nother level of the game that we just aren't sure how it works. <laughs> exactly right.
1: And then I think, well, this is just my perception, like the way I perceive. Because I'm really interested because people get very vain. It's like, well, what do I look like? I said, you don't know what you look like. Like this camera is pick is, is processing light differently than you know our eyes are. Like, your eyes are probably processing light different than mine. Everyone's looking at each other from a different angle. Mirrors lie, you know, um, I've had kind of girlfriends do this where they like mirrors in certain department stores because they're flattering, but it's hot. they say, oh, don't, don't go to that, sh- um, don't go to the toilets in that restaurant, they're horrible. It's like, they make you look atrocious. It's like, they don't change the way you look. It's like, everyone wants that good light. So I don't know what I look like at all. Um, and, and, and cats and dogs see on kind of different wavelengths. Um, uh, cats see, see ultraviolet. So that's amazing, dogs hear more than us. So I'm only perceiving like this much of the universe. There's so much I'm not seeing, or not hearing, or not feeling. How exciting is that? And yeah, I'm gonna get emotional, I'm gonna start making blanket statements about what the world is like. I don't know.
0: <laughs> cool. Um, th- this has really been a lot of fun. Um, but um, there, was, there was one title on your website I saw that I, I, I wanna make sure and ask about. So tell me, What does your vasectomy have to do with leadership? (laughs) That's an excellent question. Um, I think there's a a ton of things.
1: One is I was making a decision. I I was getting involved in the decision-making process over contraception, whereas guys tend to hold back. uh, Other than condoms, it's all on the woman. and They get to kind of decide. And I said, actually, no, I'm going to make an adult decision. I'm involved in this conversation, and I'm going to research it and do it. Then there's the element of um, uh, so it's being involved. Then it's the vulnerability. It's and you want to talk about heroes' journeys and stepping out of your comfort zone. Like and then I've told guys I've had a vasectomy and they're like, oh no, I can never do that, and they cross their legs. And I was like, I was chatting the whole time. <laughs> um, and then it's it's a weird process, right? You're going in, taking off your trousers. It's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, yeah. Um, but I was like, no, this is. I don't think there's a thing. It's almost nothing we can do physically that is uh, makes us as vulnerable as as that. Um, and it, things can go. You, when you're researching it, you research the horror stories. it's like, "Oh, this is going to be bad." So yeah, it's the um, it's the vulnerability. It's the getting involved in the discussion. And I'm sure there was another one. Uh, and it's gutsy. There's those are diff- different leadership gurus, but um, uh, sometimes you got to do a big gutsy move when you're a leader. And and stand up for something, I guess. And the versetti was kind of like that. But I, I like that article I wrote, that was fun.
0: Cool, cool. So um, so what's the best way for people to uh, get in touch with you or see what you're up to?
1: I'm on all social medias. My website is at downhorn.com, one with an E. I'm on Facebook at downhorn77. I think I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter, it's just downhorn. And I'm probably on Instagram, I think that's downhorn77. But uh, if you Google my name, I'm, I'm, I'm around because, uh, yeah, I tend to do a lot of uh, article writing and stuff um, that you'll find me. And, and, and you know, I, I'll add anyone. Like, you're all players in the game. I, I want to I meet you. I want to know what you're up to. I want to see what your world views are. It's, uh, it's fantastic. I love connecting with people all over the world.
0: Cool. Awesome. So uh, I'll be sure and get all the links to all things Darren Horn on, <laughs> on the blog along with, with, the, with this episode so uh, people can check out. RealMenFeel.org for uh, for all those links if they're not finding it on their own. Um, so, what's next for you? What what exciting gameplay it might you have planned? Well, it's been I've been
1: pausing because I've had to get through the separation and move house, but now it's it's. I am about to launch. And this is great because you've started me on a, a, with momentum again. So I'm going to get the consultancy up and run in. I'm going to launch a, a video course on why you should write articles and how you get a book on Amazon. Because everyone's always saying, like, why do you write articles? How do you actually get a book on Amazon? But they need the exact step by step because it's pretty easy. But it's very.
0: You know. I teach classes on that too. It's very easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's like, like people don't want to pay for knowledge because it's everywhere. But they, what they need is a guide. And so, so okay, I'll, I'll walk you through this and give you encouragement and, and keep you on the path. Um, I've become i I'm on the board of trustees for a charity called KDAS, which is an addiction charity. So I'm delighted to be getting involved with them more. And I'm just going to start you know, coaching and speaking more um, and exploring this new life. It's, it's uh, going to be exciting. But yeah, they're, they're my main things. I'm going um, to start getting involved a lot more in, in, in my community as well. Beautiful. So, so how old is your daughter? Two and a half and she is epic. Uh, it's, it's the best thing. It's, it's the best. It's just the, the best experience. And it's a constant test. Like you cannot get emotionally involved. I, I, like, we never yell at her. Um, I always get down to her level when she's upset. Because can you imagine how intimidating it is? Like, I'm six foot four. She's like tiny. Like she's always looking up. I'm like, oh, I come down to you. And you just, you stop being emotionally involved with stuff. Like at one point, like she threw something all over the floor, and, and my ex and I were like, okay, but let's go to the shops, we're going to do this. And then Evelyn wrecked something. And we were like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> like, you can't yell at two and a half. Same with books, right? Like she's amazing because she's, um, she loves books, she loves reading. Uh, she do not quite read yet, but she loves it. And the reason we think we managed to do that is we never punished her if she tore books. Like she was working out what they are. So they would rip. We were like, okay, puppet, try not to rip it. But we didn't yell at her, because we wanted her to know that books are fun. And now she doesn't tear books anyway. But she loves it, and she loves reading the stories and reciting them. Like, I'm, you just mentioned my daughter, that like I could do another hour <laughs> just talking about how wonderful she is. But the, I think the biggest lesson we can learn is from you at two years old, or one and a half, whatever, is you learn how to like, cool, then walk, and kind of color, and, and play in a very short space of time and at no no, not any point did like one and a half year old you or one year old you say walking's really hard i'm gonna stop and quit yeah no no adults ever done that and yet as adults we know that's a bit tricky i'm gonna quit like that's programmed into us they should get frustrated
0: but she yeah there's um, not that level of self yeah frustration is one thing but there's not the level of self-judgment i'll never figure this out
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now she's really sweet because like, she should be struggling. And Jane should be like, Daddy, do it. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Because if I'm struggling you know, with my website, I'm immediately on uh, contact a friend. Like, Tom, fix my website.
0: Um, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> cool, awesome. Well, I'm excited to see what's uh, next for you and, and, and everything that unfolds for her as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She's, uh, well, one of the reasons we, we joked about having her is like no unborn Child save the world, and I keep joking. I'm like, she's the future savior of the universe, she's like the Sarah Connor that we need in the real world. So, um, and I feel like that's how I'm programming. Like, we put lots of like warrior kind of imagery, like, here's Wonder Woman, here's like Moana, here's all these strong young, um, female role models that you're going to be surrounded with. It's going to be fun, all right.
0: Well, cool, all right. Well, before we go, I'm going to take a tip from the uh, your fan club. What's What's the breakfast idea
1: The, bre- the breakfast idea <laughs> okay i'm not sure which one he means. you need some horn you to tell about the breakfast idea. I am not sure which one he
0: means. Oh you have multiple you have a lot of breakfast franchise ideas, is that mm-hmm.
1: it or <laughs> CEOs? what are you talking about? um one of the, I just had an idea that I would I would maybe start my own podcast from bed on like a Sunday morning, but I don't think oh. that's um
0: a the podcast in bed targeting CEOs? No,
1: I don't know what you're talking about, Newt. Leadership CEOs? I don't remember that.
0: So you have so many <laughs> great ideas. They don't even all register with you, but they they register with others. It's hard.
1: I did a talk at a, a networking thing last week, which is called Business at Breakfast, but that's not
0: the idea.
1: Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's pretty late where he is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, we'll, we'll let him off the hook for that then. Yeah. <laughs> Having late breakfast, he's getting lost. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool. Uh, Darren, I well, thank you very much for coming on and, uh, and sharing your experience and your vulnerability and authenticity. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun talking to you. It's, uh, I, I love meeting guys that I really connect with and feel all their passion. And it's hard to believe, like, really, you were depressed? And then like, oh, yeah, I was too. Like, wow. So just, yeah. again, proof that anyone can get through it right yeah it, it does get better you just gotta be willing to face it and you can make changes
1: yeah and we've become really good at hiding it um because the depression doesn't want to be seen right it doesn't want it, it doesn't want you to start dealing with it so it it masks it quite well yeah. but yeah you're right it's been wonderful talking to you it, it's uh the more we go into this kind of life the more and more people are, men i meet who are just sharing their experiences yeah. and i think it's, it should be something we're proud of it's battle scars
0: <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah show your scars man yeah, yeah. otherwise you haven't lived yeah really. totally. yeah right um i mean you talked about ending life with that that as that clear water again yeah but i'm kind of like you know i'm on my body you know bruised and beaten and can tell that it's been used right and yeah put, yeah that. run run hard and be put away wet whatever it is <laughs> cool but uh so thanks again and uh, i want to thank all the members of your fan club that joined nice. us today for the live <laughs> Um, thanks for joining us. Wherever you're listening to us, please post a rating, a review, a comment. Love to hear from you. Visit realmenfield.org. Check us out on Facebook. Send us feedback, and we'll talk to you all again really soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfield.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel. Visit goodmenproject.com for more of the conversations no one else is having.